as of now, we could conceivably be on our podcast. Yeah, and here, here we are on the podcast, Inherently Human. I'm Aiden DeBorn. My name's Jim Newman. And um, <clears throat> we're just here to talk about the things that you already know, but we're saying it for you. And you decided to listen to us. Yeah, I like that you said that. The first episode, you said that, and now it's kind of sinking in. It took some thought for you to put that together, and I think that is a really great insight, saying Mm -hmm. that it's stuff you know, but we're saying it for you. Yeah. And in a way, that is a kind of exploration, and it's kind of a risk because uh, we're just talking off the top of our heads. Yeah, I mean, just, it's, it's, it's casual conversation between two people who met at, on very un, weird circumstances. A, I would the say best way atypical. Can, yeah, atypical, that's the word I'm looking for. I'm standing <laughs> chest deep in the pool doing my resistance training at the rec center at Portland State University. Aiden is the lifeguard. And then it just devolved from there into <laughs> a podcast. Yeah. Um, and so how these conversations at the pool would start typically is I would bring up a topic to Jim. I would ask him what he thinks about it. And then we would ramble from there until yeah. my boss got mad at me and I had to move. And from my point of view, the outfall was <laughs> I'm doing reps with these water weights, dumbbells yeah. and things, and I'm doing a count, but you cannot count and have an intellectual <laughs> conversation at the same time. So I'd always kind of lose it at 10 or 11 and sort of try to make it up by starting over or something, and my time in the pool expanded um, accordingly. So that was Jim's way of uh, telling me that he's he's upset at me for ruining his workout. No, actually, it probably made, you know... I, I never knew until now. No, I never told you that, but then we've had not a whole lot of time. We, prior to today... As we phrased it before, we've had one dry land conversation. Yep. Only one. The rest of the time, was the <laughs> only time this. I've seen him with his shirt on. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Which is Fascinating. kind of an absurdity, I guess. <laughs> but but know. then we decided, you know what, let's keep doing this. Let's record it and let's let other people listen to it. Yeah. Um, and see where that goes, see where it takes us. I have to say, though, that one thing that I noticed about you right away, one of our early topics was about spirituality and oh yeah it was it, during that time yeah it kind of <laughs> came up because you were anticipating a summer where you were going to get in touch in some way and correct me if i'm wrong but in some way with your spirituality right that's it didn't play that way yeah so the plan was for those of li- listening who don't know um <clears throat> during summer 2018 I had a month and a half long journey of lifeguarding and self-discovery. So what I would do is that I would start from Portland uh, July 8th um, and I would drive down the coast and then as soon as I got to the Oregon-California border, I would start going east 
until I got about all the way to the eastern border of Oregon, uh, border of Oregon. Um, <clears throat> and then I would retrace my steps, and along the way, I would be lifeguarding, I would be camping, and I would be meeting new people. Um, none of that happened. None of it happened. Not a goddamn of it. And so, during this time, I was supposed to be isolated, and I was supposed to be alone, and... I was really excited for it. I had a lot of books ready. I had my hammock ready. I had all my spots ready and reservations at campsites and jobs. And I was going to get paid. And I was super excited. And then the fucking forest fires happened. And all of it got ruined. And so my month-long journey of self-exploration and discovery became a lot of time sitting at home doing nothing because I got work off anyways. Oh, that does sound like a catastrophe, man. It was it was a very tragic time in my life. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, and that that kind of uh, kind of an interesting way to go into the question that I wanted to ask you or the topic that I wanted to talk about today. Um for a couple years now, I've been visiting a website called The Oatmeal. Um, just this very casual blog website. This guy, Matthew Inman, um, he writes comics and just does a bunch of funny stuff. And sometimes he has a very serious, uh, emotional, I guess is one way to put it, post. And he had one called How to Be Perfectly Unhappy. You can find this at the oatmeal. It's a fascinating little comic that he does. Um, <clears throat> and it's based off a larger essay by Augustine Burroughs from the Wall Street Journal called How to Live Unhappily Ever After. And the concept of this is um, the existence of happiness. It's it's, And I know a lot of people at least people who know me are thinking to themselves, oh, God, not this shit again. Because I, I've talked about this a lot. Um, happiness? Happiness, You've yeah. You've talked a lot about happiness. Happiness and its fragility and ah. almost existence entirely. In other words, you question whether there is such a thing mm -hmm. as happiness? Absolutely. So my understanding, and through these two sources, um... I question happiness only because it feels like a state of permanence, and if you are not happy, what are you? What's the opposite of happy? Unhappy. Unhappy. And so, if you are not inherently happy with everything in your life, if you are not happy, you are unhappy. So, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting to think about because... Does happiness exist? Are you happy all the time? I want to say no, I'm not happy all the time. I've got a lot of internal pain and suffering that, you know, things happen in my life. I'm stressed. I'm a college student. There are things in my life that make me unhappy, but that doesn't mean my life is so tragically terrible that I'm, quote unquote, this black and white unhappy. I'm busy is what I like to say. And this, they, it goes into, I'm, I'm pretty much just reiterating what is said in these two articles, the comic and the, the essay. But they say things like, you don't need to be happy 
mostly because it just doesn't exist, but there's other things to be. There's a more specific way to live your life. There's a more specific way to talk about things. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested in things. I'm fascinated. I'm busy. I'm thoughtful. I'm fulfilled. Those kind of things. But I'm not happy, quote-unquote. But does that make me unhappy? See, I, I wonder uh, if there's a difference, and I just thought of this while you were talking, is there a difference between happiness, which mm -hmm. is a state of being, maybe, okay. and joy, which is an Clear. occasional condition that pops up? And I would say, I mean, look, everyone has this jungle of chemicals and electrical circuits in their brain, and how can you ever expect that chaotic morass of liquid and whatever else is up there, tissue, silica. All that science. Yeah, all that science. <laughs> to produce a state of utter euphoria, unless you have drugs or something, I guess that would be happiness. But I think you can train yourself so that you can discover cool things and you can be creative. And in those ways, you can experience joy. Unless that sounds like a cliche to you. Does that sound like a cliche? So it, it's funny that you say that because in the Matthew Inman comic, uh, he talks about that almost verbatim, um, of there's joy in life, there's pleasure. Yes. And so just because we as people are inherently unhappy mm -hmm. because we aren't perfect, perfect we're, we're in our lives. Chemicals yeah. up there. There are times where we feel joy. There's yes. times where we feel pleasure. Precisely. But those are fleeting. Obviously, um, you can't just feel permanent euphoria all the time. But there's the <laughs> anticipation of further joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might be fleeting, but if you learn the pathway that for you leads to joy sometimes, you can pursue that path again and again and again, I think. Okay. Now, oh, I had a thought as you were saying that. Um... Now, is that being happy, or is that being excited, I think or is that being hopeful? I think, in a way, I mean, just to turn it dark, it's a way of getting through, in a way. Okay. I mean, we obviously want to maximize our pleasure in life, mm -hmm. and uh, individuals who are lucky enough can find ways that their brain can behave according to certain criteria that you learn mm -hmm. and discover for yourself ways to be happier or ways that your behavior contributes to a more positive definition of yourself so that when you just think, I'm Jim Newman, I can think, I'm Jim Newman who does dot, dot, dot. You know, and then think, yeah, I get myself a little attaboy because mm -hmm. I'm saying, yeah, I know how to paint. And some people <laughs> like my paintings. So. so, but is that more pride than happiness? Are you? No. So, <clears throat> the way that I want you to think about this for a second <clears throat> is 
if you had no concept of happiness, right? So you are Jim Newman and you go throughout your life, but the vocabulary of happy or the concept of it, of happy, never existed to you. And then this is an example that kind of came from the, the Matthew Inman comic. Um, if I came up to you one day and asked you about your craft, exactly. Um, craft? Your, craft? Your, your art. Okay. Your, uh, your job, the journalism, everything. Yes. The things that you create or the yeah. things that you do yeah, that yeah, yeah. you find fulfilling or yes. satisfying or right. joyful. And I said, doesn't make you happy. <laughs> and the only definition that I could give you is permanent bliss where this... There's no downside to it, right? What are what are some things in your craft, the things that you create that might be difficult for you? Oh, everything. And my answer to your question, are you happy? I would say the answer to that is no. Exactly. So you're not. And no. you never had a concept of it before. And so if you never had that concept, does it matter? Well... I think one motivation that most humans have, and I don't really know this for sure, but I think the avoidance of pain, mm. like nobody wants to die probably, most of the time. Nobody wants to die. They would like <laughs> to avoid that. So you have a life in which some of the time you're going to be in pain. So then the next step is trying to avoid the pain. That's not happiness. Right. But some stability where everything is okay and you're watching the glistening lake and feeling the wind and you're not overjoyed, but you're experiencing just being alive. Right. If that state exists, I guess it does. Would that state be almost kind of a homeostasis? Maybe, of... yeah. That's a hypothetical. I don't right. know. I mean, <clears throat> do I? Well, that might be meditation. You know, you find okay. the better part of yourself. Mm -hmm. You find something that feels like real pleasure. I mean, I've had a lot of psychotherapy, and I know that these days therapists seem to be saying that the inherent condition mm -hmm. of a human like maybe from being a baby on before complications start coming in, yeah. is a kind of euphoria, really. Existence as euphoria? Yeah. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm seeing the person who, and I have to apologize because I don't know the name of the therapy, but <laughs> it is something to do with eye movement. Right. Um, but her whole point is to guide me to these feelings of real deep pleasure mm -hmm. and then teach me to recognize that state mm -hmm. and call it up at will. And that could be something you do in med meditation. Right. So, but, I, mean, yeah. I haven't meditated enough to... Well, I, I can't that. do it very well because yeah. I'm used to using my mind in different ways. I'm used to thinking. Right. A little bit too fast of a brain to Maybe. try and shut it off for a while. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> something else that I wanted to ask about this. Um, oh, I, had, I should have written it down. Um, okay, so 
I wrote a note. <laughs> so this morning, before we started this, I actually reread both these articles and made some very half-assed notes. Um, and one of them talks about fulfillment a little bit. Yeah. So in your life, your existence that is quote-unquote euphoria, do you feel fulfilled? No. No? I mean, that's sort of a glass-half-empty kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to say, but it's only an abstraction, that I had a successful career. Okay. You know, and therein I get into all kinds of emotional complexities because if I start talking about that level of success I feel like I'm bragging and that embarrasses me and I mm. don't like to talk that way Try and I keep don't like to feel yeah. that you know but I could say that when I ended up retiring from my job it turned out that I got this avalanche of praise for what I had done over 20 years, mm -hmm. which was nice, but it doesn't sustain you. Okay. I mean, as time goes on, like that was 10 years ago now, and that's cold comfort. It's like, what have I done lately? Mm -hmm. What have I done to demonstrate my value recently? Now, that's a treadmill, and that doesn't lead to happiness. Might occasionally lead to joy mm -hmm. and it does lead to an anticipation of success right. which might be joy mm -hmm. but it isn't happiness but that is in fact I guess more or less how I live my life right now <laughs> is essentially just anticipating the joy or pleasure coming from work work right yeah um <clears throat> in the comic and both the comic and the essay uh, they talk about their work, actually, so it's, it's great that you bring that up. They talk about their work, and a lot of times in their work, they're doing something that's kind of grueling. They're doing it for a long time. They uh, do things that might hurt them. They do things that are unhealthy for them. What kind in of this, work is this? What, so what, with what, uh, with Matthew Inman, I'm not exactly sure what he does beyond the oatmeal. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure he does some kind of web design thing. And that's and, a blog site, yeah, oatmeal.com? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, entirely run by Matthew Inman. Um, and he says... Uh, in his little comic, he says he runs ultra marathons, so he runs 50 miles at a time. He ah. runs until his toenails fall off, Driven. his skin burns, yes. and his bones scream, oh, quote-unquote. He says he works for 12 hours a day sometimes. He forgets to feed himself. He goes until he doesn't know what time ah. it is. But in the end, he's fulfilled, or he's at least busy. He's interested. He's doing something with his life... And although it doesn't make him permanently happy, quote-unquote, because that doesn't certainly sound like what a happy person would do, he's not unhappy by any means. He still feels like his life has purpose. He's doing something with it, and he likes it like that. I brought it back to my guarding experience. So I've been a lifeguard since I was 15. I've guarded... More hours than I've spent at home sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, I've, I've worked a ton. And it's not 
great work by any means, and it's not fantastic, and a lot of the times I resent it, but I feel there's meaning to what I do. When I teach a CPR class and there people thank me for teaching them a skill, or I watch someone swim, or I help someone out, and you know, I just do something kind of small, and it gives me meaning and purpose to this almost, this, this monotonous job. It's very monotonous. Um, but it doesn't make me happy. So how do you feel in your work, in your life, something similar to that, where you have gone through so much that it makes you happy sometimes, maybe, or you feel fulfilled, or there's joy, pleasure, whatever, but it's not, it's not fantastic. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, I think um, about what you were talking about, Matthew Inman, mm -hmm. and uh, I made the comment offhand while you were talking that he was driven. Mm -hmm. And that might sound condescending because I was standing aside and labeling the guy, but the fact is I had a career where I was very driven. We carried camera equipment out into the mountains a lot of the time, and it was a burden on me physically. I mean, there are batteries, tripod, all kinds of stuff. I worked for Oregon Public Broadcasting on a show called Oregon Field Guide, and the show uh, really put physical demands on you sometimes because yeah. you had to walk long distances and stuff. And sometimes I did have indications that it was wearing my body down, right? but it didn't stop me at all. And mm -hmm. to this day, even though I'm having continual problems with my joints, with my back, you name it, I've got difficulties with it, I still do as much of that stuff as I can. Mm -hmm. I can't stop. In some way, it's the way I balance my emotions okay. by getting out and moving. And I think uh, that is a kind of addiction, but it's not the most negative kind of addiction you can have. I mean, you can be a workaholic, right? Right. Maybe that's what I was. Now that I don't have that job that was so demanding. And another part of that that was so great was the people I worked with because mm -hmm. they're <laughs> the same kind of obsessives I was. Right, yeah. So everybody was into quality and getting it right. <laughs> and there were always disagreements about what that yeah. standard actually was. So you had to fight with other powerful people mm -hmm. to get something on the air to get the product out. And I loved that. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of, or at least what it sounds like to me, is that there was a lot of issues, there was a lot of problems, there were a lot of difficulties yeah. and obstacles and everything. Sure. But it's those obstacles, yeah. it's the shit that makes it hard, it's the stuff that makes us upset, that gives what we do fulfillment and meaning. Right? You surmount them, and yeah, that's a exactly. success, and it feels good every time you do it. Mm-hmm. One of the most difficult, and I hope I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but one of the most difficult photographers that I ever worked with, he's a very argumentative guy, but I miss him so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm still friends with him, right? but 
I don't get into those kinds of intense arguments anymore, mm. and I really loved them. I loved that. Did challenge. you ever win any? You know... Or was there ever a winner? Um, it's funny. As time went on, I told myself initially, um, while we were working together, that I was right 80% of the time. And he was only 20%. That, you know, we'd be sitting in the edit room and he'd say this and I'd say something else. Okay, I'm right 80% of the time. And then as I thought about it over time, I thought, no, it's probably closer to 50-50. Mm -hmm. But by the time I ended my career there, I thought to myself, I'm only right 40%. He's probably right 60 Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that was some sort of growth, and I don't know what I based that mm -hmm. on, but it was just this awareness that it wasn't about winning yeah. at all. It was about what ended up on the air and whether or not it talked to the audience, mm -hmm. which has something peripherally to do with us, but it isn't us. It's people we don't even know. We just want them to understand what we're saying when they're barely paying attention. You know, they're going to the refrigerator, getting a beer or whatever, talking to somebody in the room, mm -hmm. and we're trying to yell at them about the grand outdoors, <laughs> right. right? And get them to have an emotional response to what's on the television set. That's hard. If it makes you feel any better right now, <clears throat> um, my grandma and subsequently my grandfather... I believe watched that show almost religiously. Yeah, yeah, a lot so. of people did. One of my best friends now, he didn't know me, but he liked me. No way. Yeah. I, you know, I actually need to start looking these up now too because I I don't think I've ever seen them. Oh, you never they're seen probably, Blue Guy? They're nah, probably I don't know if you've long before it, my time. Oh, dude, yes, <laughs> yes. So, uh, like approximately, I retired half your life ago, oh, so that'll Jesus. put it in perspective. So, let's see, I was 10 when yeah, you retired. well, yeah. 2008. Is, okay. Oh, 2009? I, that was when I retired. Okay, so I was 10 or 11. And that was when my oh, body God. was really, really falling apart. Yeah. So, that's why I retired. So, kind of circling back to everything that we were kind of talking about before, um, talk, thinking about these arguments... And the ones that you quote unquote lost or mm -hmm. whatever, the, mm -hmm. the things that went on the air that you may or may have disagreed with, but you're still a part of, did you find it joyful to see that stuff be received so well? I didn't even know it was received that well. There was very, I had a pretty high opinion of myself mm -hmm. and of my work. But until I retired, <laughs> maybe because the photographers work with you all the time and they don't want to give you a whole lot of leverage, perhaps, mm -hmm. because in the edit room there are decisions to be made and they do have their own opinions. And so it wasn't like an easy thing for someone to say, gee, Jim, you're great. That's giving me all the power. Next time I say, well, you know, I'm the great one, and right. you're not, so do it my way. See, Here's that, my 80%, uh, there's yeah, 20%. Exactly, right. that never happened. Um, so I, I didn't get a lot of that positive reinforcement at the time. I enjoyed working with the guys. I liked the sparring. I liked the creativity. 
I like the travel. Oh my God, the beautiful places in Oregon. And, you know, uh, my last 10 years, a lot of it has been trying to replace mm -hmm. that glorious time. In retrospect, I know it was work. It wasn't all fun. And, right. You know, a lot of frustration and real unhappiness associated with it sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but it did engulf my whole being. Right. So that even physical pain, you know, like I had to pay the consequences of it later when my back went out, my rotator cuffs, both of them went, and I have two metal hips. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't stop. Million dollar man right Yeah, here. I know. So, but, but at the time, it was worth all of that. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, well, I wouldn't say it was happiness. Right. But it was pleasure. Okay. In a way. So, kind of thinking about it again, how <clears throat> joy, pleasure, those those emotions, these feelings are fleeting. Yeah. But and but you, there's always anticipation for it, like you said before. Yes. And the process to get to these feelings are essentially what bar happiness from existing in the first place, right? Would you say there there are so well, walk many times me through that theory. I'm that might sure. th yeah. So my thought process, at least in this moment, is that happiness requires that, and the way that uh, Matthew Inman says it is that you've met all your prerequisites. Everything is done. You've you've surpassed everything. You've climbed the mountain. You've conquered the monster. Um, and congratulations, you're happy, here's, here's your sign award, I don't know. But and the you are permanently are. happy. And you're permanently happy, congratulations. This is the rest of your life of happiness. However, <clears throat> to be happy and not unhappy, that requires things such as the physical pain you go through, the, the arguments, the heated anger... <clears throat> to just not have happened, almost. Um, or maybe to not have happened, or less so. Because there's always something that ignites a negative emotion or feeling, right? And so, but in the end, everything works out. You feel fulfilled, or you feel there, there's meaning in what you did, or you have a good experience coming out of it that you've met people, that you've progress that you've grown as a person but none of it was truly happiness right because no, there were those diminishes, things that kept you know, the away. qualities i don't think there's anything like a permanent state unhappy or happy i mean mm -hmm. probably if someone is in severe pain all the time then they're permanently unhappy i can imagine that a lot more easily mm -hmm. than i can imagine permanent happiness yeah i just don't see it unless a, a person has uh, some psychological glitch where their perceptions are disordered in some way and you are in a euphoric state forever, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's such a thing. Does your Matthew Inman think there is a state of happiness, permanent happiness? So, and that, that's, that kind of brings us back full circle to the original question of whether or not happiness even exists in the first place. Uh, whether or not we can use it simply as an adjective or if the idea, the theory, the whatever of happiness existing ever mattered. Um, 
that was kind of a weird rambly sentence, but in my head it made sense. Um, <clears throat> to, to, to well, what do you it. think then? I mean, if that's the proposition, does happiness is it just an adjective uh, or ha- happy is an adjective and happiness is a state that's mythical? Uh, where do you come down on all that? I, I mean, guess. Have you ever been happy for more than, let's say, 24 hours at a time? Ever? I mean, if anybody can say that. Who? If, I mean, if, if anybody. Uh, myself? You? I mean, anybody. If anybody could say, I was happy for 24 hours straight, there was nothing in those 24 hours that yeah. kept me from being happy then I'd say you're batshit crazy and you need to get help. Well, don't you think... <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. I, I That's kind of what I was saying. I, I don't know that... And I think it all does have to do with the marvelous gray matter that we all have up there. So many things are going on. I mean, the vestibular system, you're trying somehow to stay upright and not collapse Mm -hmm. on the floor. You're taking in vision, which I guess divides into multiple parts before it actually gets interpreted as sight in the brain. I mean, there are so many things happening. There are probably little train wrecks all the time Mm -hmm. in there. So one of the elements is emotion. And I mean, it gets squeezed like everything else. And it doesn't translate to something as reliable as the term happiness suggests is possible. So you're saying that the term itself, the term happiness, is unreliable at best. Well, I just, like, it might be a great marketing tool. (laughs) Fucking ads again. (laughs) I don't know. All these ads. Sure. I mean, no, I I, I think, yeah, you can shoot for joy. You can shoot for anticipation of Mm -hmm. joy. I mean, I think you can go with the idea of love. You know, I mean, love... I don't know. That could be said to be a kind of happiness, I guess. I think love is a uh, another episode entirely. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Because we could get into that and, oh, I, I don't know where that would go. That would be something far Yeah, but you know, maybe, right maybe Buddhist monks, are they happy when they're in, uh, I don't know, does the word nirvana why? I mean, is that, sure. I'm, I'm not, not a sure I'm not a religious either. expert, and no. I, I do not claim to be in any way, shape, or form. But my understanding of Nirvana is essential. I think, and I could be totally butchering it, and I'm so sorry if I'm super wrong. Well, but Nirvana. I'm right there with you. In terms <laughs> of the error. Um, my understanding is that Nirvana is the Buddhist heaven, essentially. Yeah, but is that happiness, or is that a state of almost non-being? Like, you're just like a rock in the stream, and totally balanced. Maybe feeling the warmth of the sun. But, but you, you got to think about what it took to get there, right? Well, I, I mean, mean it, it took a lot your whole of, life. Exactly, and so... Who's to say you wouldn't have been happy with something else, or quote-unquote happy? Um, who's to say you wouldn't have been fulfilled 
with doing anything else if you had devoted all the time that you spent in this meditative state, it, you know, creating something or studying something or doing... I don't. It, it, it's very subjective uh, between each person as to what will bring them joy and pleasure, obviously. And, <clears throat> I mean, to each their own. Um, and that, that's, that's really all I can say about that topic. Well, all I uh, meant to imply was that um, that joy that someone in a nirvana state experiences is permanent whereas what we've been talking about is a lack of consistent joy or lack of consistent oh, okay. pleasure yeah. so that's the trade-off they get it all the time mm -hmm. see i mean that in theory it seems like you really limit your experience You're in this and forgive me for this i don't mean to be sacrilegious or anything but you're smelling incense and listening to the temple bells forever and there's not a lot of experience there it seems but your body is just filled with i guess some sort of extreme joyousness maybe and is it worth the trade I I mean, there's only one way to find out. Isn't Spend there? your entire just, life doing it. I'm it all. late on that one. Yeah, I, I've still got the opportunity, but mm, I, I don't know if I can commit. Um, well, we are running out of time here. Uh, unfortunately, we've hit our 38-minute mark, which is remarkable, truly. Hmm. Um, didn't expect this to go the way that it did, so I'm glad that it did. Um, so I guess my concluding thought, or my concluding question... Do you have a summation thought of some Do sort? I have summation? Or um, a summary? No, you... I don't know. I'm sorry. I interrupted. <laughs> I apologize. No, it's, uh, I guess... My takeaway from this is still my own personal viewing of happiness does not exist. Being happy is a cop-out way of talking about emotion when you can go far deeper into how you feel and what you're doing in your life and how things are without saying, oh, I'm happy, because it, it's, it's lazy. It's, it's yeah. not a great way. You could say, I'm fascinated, I'm busy, I'm excited, I'm, you know, a little down, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm so many other things, but as soon as I say, oh, I'm happy, <laughs> it's just yeah. like, all right, cool, thanks for that mindless adjective that relays nothing to me as a person. I think you're 100% right. I <laughs> totally go with that. And so, I guess, at this point, um, the, the, the true concluding thought, the, the question that we want you to take away from this is, um, <clears throat> does happiness exist? Um, please check out uh, How to Be Perfectly Unhappy by Matthew Inman at theoatmeal.com. Um, and then you can also find a free, full version of... How to Live Happily Ever After by Augustine Burroughs on murphyscabin.net. 
Um, I mean, if you just looked up, look up the title, it's the first link, I believe. Go ahead, give those a read. Uh, they're, they're truly interesting. Uh, they've changed everything I know about my opinion about happiness. And I guess just think about whether or not happiness for you as a person or as a general human species exists. Yeah, is the concept of happiness simply a marketing tool? <laughs> happiness as an advertisement. Um, have we been lied to all this you time? You can be happy! <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, that's a whole... I think we've just spurred a bunch of um, conspiracy here thinking that happiness was created. Oh, I don't want to, to do sell. that. There's enough paranoia. All right, you know what? I, I don't want to get into that. Wow. Personally. I, I think I'm already crazy enough for believing that happiness doesn't exist, and the last thing I need is to believe that oh, someone, no, that someone created it. it. Yeah. yeah, that this was uh, nurtured into me, the All idea right. of happiness. God damn it. All right, well, I'm Aiden. I'm Jim. And uh, thank you for listening. We highly appreciate it. Um, episode two, we're still trying to get on our feet here. And if you like it, I mean, let us know. We, we'd love to hear it. If you hate it, shove it up your ass. But um, <laughs> I, say, I never would have said that. But I like constructive that. criticism right. is, uh, Good. is encouraged. And we'd love to hear what you have to, what you have to say, what you have to think. Um, and if you have topics for us that you want us to go through and say exactly what you're thinking, except saying it for you, then we'd be more, more than thrilled to try that. But, uh, but for now, thank you, and we will see you next time. Jim, anything? No, that's it, man. All right. Said, well. <laughs> we'll see him later. Perfect.